Hello, and welcome to Relevate Presents Scholars Ship, the podcast where we use real research to analyze, scrutinize, and humanize your favorite TV and movie couples. I'm your host, Eric Goodcase. Hello, and welcome to a special anthropomorphic edition of Relevate Presents Scholarship. We're going to be talking about BoJack Horseman today. And joining us today is Shaylin Randolph. Shaylin is a PhD student in the Marriage and Family Therapy Program at Florida State University. She is also a therapist in the Tallahassee, Florida area. Shaylin, thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm excited to get started talking about this. It's one of my favorite shows. Same. I am really excited as well. This is a great show. And then uh, there's just so much to talk about. Um, So uh, for those of you who are listening at home, we always make a list of potential topics. And this is the longest list I think I've ever made (laughs) for potential topics to talk about. This will be great. Um, Also joining um, is the Steve Nash, Mayamari Stoudemire, Denzel. How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? I thought you were going to say Dirk. I wasn't sure where you were going to go, but I like Amari. I like Amari. I just... I feel like, um, you know, uh, you always set me up. So I I actually, this is going to be embarrassing. I have a whole list of funny things I could uh, refer to you as. Uh, I'll save that for future episodes. I'm going to say you have a whole list of like our dynamic duos. (laughs) Basically. I love that though because you're always prepared. You're always ready. Exactly. Because I don't forget them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I wouldn't forget the Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire one. But if I look at my list, there's some on there that I would not have remembered. And some of it has to change, but again, that's not important. So let's get into what is important. You, you talked about an- anthropomorphic. It's a pretty big word. You, you, got a spell, you got a spelling for us? Or? I do because I just Googled it because I forgot what the term was. So I had to remember what the term was. Okay. So I was call it like anamorphic or something, which I knew was wrong. <laughs> well, at least tell us what it means. <laughs> yeah. It means like apply. It's like in literature where you apply like human traits to animals. So it's like a because Bojack is a very like. Fun exercise in um, anthropomorphism. Yeah. Anthropomorphism, yeah, exactly. There so before we get yeah. into this anthropomorphic world uh, that Bojack lives in, um, we usually have uh, our guest introduce themselves a little bit. So Shay Lynn, if you want to say a little bit about your recent interests, what your passions are, anything like that. Yeah. So for research broadly, I look at people of color and their experiences with the mental health system as a whole. But for my dissertation, I'm focusing on Black Americans and their experiences with the mental health system. So trying to find a therapist, trying to pay for therapy, (laughs) the barriers they came up against when they were looking for a therapist, all those things. So right now I'm talking to people, just gaining, you know, their experiences and Hopefully, like, I can piece out, like, what helps Black Americans go to therapy as well. So that's kind of my focus. I want to focus more on what we, what's working right now to get Black people in therapy and, like, what they think would help more Black people go to therapy. Excellent. That's pretty much it. Any, like preview or preliminary results or even stuff that you've just found in the literature that you think is important for like an audience takeaway, maybe just if you had to, I know it's hard to break down everything into like one snippet, but if you could, how would you do that? So 
interesting things that I've heard so far in the interviews I've done is that a lot of people who have been able to go to therapy, a lot of them started either through school, I'll say. So one person, he was telling me about how in elementary school, they were kind of introduced to the concept of therapy. And other people, they started during undergrad with like the free therapy services. So I think there's some type of connection there with like being introduced to therapy early on and just having access to it where you don't have to pay a whole lot of money to get started. So I think there's something there, but that's been like the most interesting thing I've heard so far. Absolutely. And you're talking to two people who used to do therapy in school. So we're definitely on board with that one. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> realized that. Yeah. Well, I knew Denzel did, but I didn't know you did, Eric. Yeah. We used to carpool at one point. Actually. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like what you're, what you're saying is we should have a free trial service time period for therapy so people can get in the door. Yes, absolutely. That's like my dream. This This is on topic, but like not at the same time. But like my dream job is giving people therapy for free, like specifically people of color, like being able to give them therapy for free and have somebody else pay for it. That's like the ultimate goal. But that's probably like way down the line <laughs> sometime. But that's what I want to do. I like that. Yeah. I'm all for making therapy more um, accessible in general. I feel like it's um, something that people see as either one, not important, not part of their life, but just as something that's like for other people or for people who can yeah. spend the money on it or whatever, or whatever the case is. And it, you know, it can be really helpful for a lot of people. Yep. Or they think they can handle it on their own. That's another yep. big thing where like self-efficacy is like a big thing. And they're just like, I can do this by myself. And it's like, absolutely. But you don't have to, though. Maybe you can, but like, you don't have to do it alone. You could talk to somebody. So, yeah. And I think, and I'm getting a little off topic here. I think sometimes the thought is that if I can't do it on my own, that means I have something wrong with me or I'm not doing it right. But sometimes it just needs like a different perspective or a different kind of like way of thinking about things. And I think about this a lot with like parenting. Sometimes parents come mm -hmm. in and they think if their child is misbehaving or something, if there's something wrong with how they're parenting, it's like, oftentimes they're doing a lot of the things that aren't like bad. They're doing some of the right things. It's just like, we need to try something a little bit different. And then once you kind of get out of that, you know, um, almost like a repeater headspace, right? You only, you kind of like stay on the same thought for the same behavior. Once you can get out of that, break that cycle, it can be a little bit, um, not necessarily easier, but it can eventually get better. Yeah. It's like a lot of shame and stigma just around therapy and parenting too. <laughs> like it's just a for lot. Sure. So yeah, just got to get people in the door. All right. Well, um, let's transition and talking about, uh, our buddy Bojack. So, um, before we get into the actual kind of like, um, nitty gritty of it, what would you say is your relationship with the show, Shaylin? When did you start watching it? Did you like it right away? All that kind of stuff. Yes. So the first time I ever saw anything Bojack related was actually on Tumblr, RIP Tumblr. Um, and it was a gift set just from one of the scenes in the show from the first season where Bojack is talking about the military. And I was like, okay, there's like talking animals. It's animated. I love animated shows. 
I was like, let me just see. And like from there, it just like, I loved it immediately. I watch it constantly. I've watched the series all the way through a million times, at least 10, 20 times at this point. Like, I just really love this show. And just the different puns in the background, the background jokes are the best. They really are. They're so good. The animal puns, the running jokes are also very good. Like the Hollywood joke that runs the entire series is just my favorite. Um, So that's kind of how I was introduced. And I just loved it from the very beginning. Yeah. I, you know, the only complaint I have about the running jokes is that the fool me once jokes were so funny to me, but they only lasted one episode. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, fiddle dee dee. And they started making up. Oh, yeah. Ones, like, teach, <laughs> teach a man to fool me and I'll be fooled for the rest of my life. And they just started yes, making up this one. I remember. I those were yeah. so creative. Anyway, um, Denzel, I know this is a show you watch, so you can't opt out of this conversation in this one. Um, <laughs> what is your relationship like the show? When did you start watching? How do you feel about it? Yeah, uh, so I won't say that I'll uh, actively opt out. But I will be deferring a lot because <laughs> I have not watched the show nearly as much as Shaylin has, which is why we're having an expert to come on and talk with us because we're not expert in everything. So I bow down to that. But I will say uh, I have seen, I've watched it through all the way completely once. Um, and then bits and pieces here and there. My initial, I guess, uh, kind of introduction to it was um, I had a friend, the one who introduced me to Rick and Morty, which now that I think about it, I don't remember how I said I got into Rick and Morty. But anyways, that same friend, if I said that in a previous episode. You did. You uh, did. Okay, cool. So he also introduced me to to BoJack. Um, and it was like, hey, like, yeah, you like Rick and Morty. Like, you should watch this also. And I was like, BoJack, what's that? Like, that's, that's the show with the animals, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> but then, so then I, I, you know, eventually I folded. I sat down and watched a little bit. And I, I, went, I at no point did I ever hate BoJack. I wouldn't say I ever hated the series at all. Um, I would say starting, I was like, okay, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It is what it is. And as I went through, I was like, oh, this is actually, this is actually a legit dope, <laughs> a dope series. So um, I grew to like it. I grew to love it. Uh, I would... 10 out of 10 recommend other people to watch it. It's a good series for sure. Yeah. I started watching. So it was right after season two came out. I saw ads for season one and I was just like, this looks silly. Like I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not watching this. And then I saw ads for, or then season two came out and I saw ads again. And I know my wife was out of town and usually my wife and I watch the same stuff. So I was trying to find something that she wouldn't be interested in. And I was like, she probably wouldn't like this. And I'll just, it's a low, you know, investment kind of choice um so i turned it on and then i got hooked like that that um the neil mcbeal the navy seal episode really is what kind of like hooked me in and like the silliness and the way they kind of like integrate the animal stuff so like seamlessly in such a silly way like just like stupid things like when the doorbell rings and mr peanut butter loses his mind like that Mm -hmm. stuff just like cracks me up and um you know i ended up having my wife watch it with me afterwards so we watched it through um and i probably watched it a few a couple of times but like only probably all the way through with the last last season like once maybe twice um but i had rewatched like the like the early episodes i've watched several times because i had rewatched it you know before the other episodes had come out 
I usually like whenever a new season's about to come, but I usually rewatch the old season mm-hmm. to like, get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just always enjoyed the show. So let's get into it a little bit. And I think um, it makes the most sense, obviously, to start with Bojack um, and thinking about him. I, I, you know what? I'm not even sure where to start, but just in terms of like how he is and how he is probably needed, you know, in terms of like help seeking, he probably needed to seek help for a long time. Man. <laughs> uh finally does at one point um but you know kind of well well, i'll turn it over to you shaylin so um what are your kind of impressions of bojack in terms of like just how he is and mental health and how he acts and all this stuff and then like in transitioning into like thinking about help seeking yes so bojack had a hard life um (laughs) and i want to start there because he did he grew up in a very abusive household um and that kind of follows him like throughout the whole series and like some of the decisions he makes and like things like that so I want to acknowledge that and I also want to say that Bojack just like he's not a good person like he's not good and like the show kind of forces you to accept that he's not a good person which I think is interesting like I feel like as people, when you're watching shows, you want to root for the main character. Like you want them to do well. You want them to win. And you kind of get caught up in that with Bojack. And then they just kind of smack you in the face with like, why are you rooting for this person? He's not good. Um, So that is interesting. And he does seek help at the very end. And it's almost like it's too late. Like, well, I won't say it's ever too late to seek help. But like as far as like the consequences and things like that, they still caught up with him in the end. So if he would have sought help earlier, I think he could have avoided like a lot of the pain he had to go through like in his adulthood. There were people telling him to seek help and he'd just be like, no, there were times where he tried to help other people get help. Sarah Lynn is coming to mind where He tried to drop her off at rehab and she just like checked herself out or something like that. I can't remember what happened there, which his relationship with Sarah Lynn is like also interesting. So he has his moments where he's like considering seeking help or he seeks help in like his romantic relationships. But that's not (laughs) the way Like that doesn't help for the kinds of problems he had. So I wish Bojack would have got help a lot earlier, but then we probably wouldn't have a show. So that that is true. I think the show, one of the things I really appreciate about the show is a couple of things. You know, Bojack really wants to be a good person. And like as you said, he does a lot of kind of like negative things. And I think it is imperative that we understand that it doesn't take very many like mistakes or bad choices to color our entire view of person or ourselves even Mm -hmm. and i think about like you know if we lapse in our humanity even like briefly um it it's you know it doesn't it doesn't ever go away a person who is a murderer only murders like you know 164th of their lives right that's not a big part of who they are but like if they kill one person you're a murderer for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. um i think about this with the conversations around Brock Turner around that case, right? Brock Turner was this amazing person, according to everyone who met him. Uh, but he is a 
rapist and he always will be because of what he did. And that is something that will follow him and it should. Mm-hmm. Um, these decisions that we make all define us, even if it is just one decision. Um, and I think it's important for us to like think about that as we go through our lives. And the other thing with Bojack, and this is a little bit more sympathetic towards Bojack, I think, is I think the show does an amazing job of, even though he didn't do help seeking, it kind of like was the most realistic yeah. portrayal I've ever seen of growth. Mm-hmm. Because when you grow, you're still going to get punched in the face by the world and you're still going to make mistakes. Um, so one of the things that you really noticed in the last season, one of the things that really signified growth to me was he went to that museum with Mr. Peanut Butter, right? And he, mm-hmm. Mr. Peanut Butter was like a crossover episode, does his joke. And they like kind of, and he, and Bojack kind of like humors him and is there for him. Yeah. Like finally reaches out and like, is like kind to the one person who always is there for him, literally no matter what. Right. And it shows so much progress on Bojack's. Front, but that is like, you know, a couple episodes before he has that huge relapse, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really goes to show that like, you know, even when we're talking about therapy and growth, it's not easy to do. No. And there's so many things that happen when you're in therapy or just growing as a person that will, you know, the world will kind of like push you down or you might have a mistake and you, you have to get back up and keep trying to grow. And it doesn't mean all your progress is gone. It just means um that that it happened that makes sense so yep, and that was like the end of the last season just kind of like re-emphasizes that really well I think mm-hmm. with just like yes he is in a better place he's doing great but he has to like suffer these consequences for all the things he did and so that's it's just back to your point where we can grow and we can change and all those things but we still have to atone for like the messed up stuff we did before so yeah and it's like it's almost like karma's backwards in this show when bojack is a jerk nothing bad happens to him but all those things catch up to him when he's finally like working through things Mm -hmm. you know that's just how life is sometimes and it doesn't work in a perfectly linear format where we could say yep you know look i've made all this growth and now everyone's going to treat me different everyone's everything's going to be fine i'm a good person now it's like those things still are a part of us. Exactly. Exactly. And you see that in probably some other characters a little bit as well. Um, I'm thinking about Diane, where she's just kind of like, she's just like sad right? all the time. Yeah. Um, and I really love the way they talked about how like she she's a writer and she felt like if she wasn't sad, like she wouldn't be able to write, like if she didn't go through the messed up things she did, like how is she supposed to write this book? And I really loved how they just showed her like progression from feeling like she has to be in that place to like her starting her antidepressants and like being able to write, I think it was a young adult novel or something like yep. that. So I really enjoyed that piece of it as well, Um, because it just shows that, you know, that growth is possible and like all of those things. And she ended up being in a good place in the end, but she had to go through like that really dark, those really dark moments before that. Yeah, Diane and Bojack are really parallel figures for a lot of this um, Mm -hmm. show in terms of both of them 
being very kind of like, you know, um, the difference between intellectualness and intelligence. And they're both pretty intellectual, right? They both question the world. They're both like the opposite of Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd, right? They just kind of like yeah. live their lives and have a good time. Whereas like, and they're happy versus Diane and Bojack who are more philosophical, more intellectual, and mm-hmm. uh, both kind of like really struggling, especially at the beginning with their, um, the, the difference between them being that, you know, while Diane makes some mistakes, she's not selfish in the same way that Bojack is. Yeah, Bojack is just straight up selfish. And we could get into, you know, why that is. And he might not have the capacity to care for other people in the same way that others do. And there could be mm-hmm. some gender components of this in terms of how we're socialized. Um, but that being the main difference and that kind of being the difference in terms of how they end up too, right? Like Bojack makes the progress, but is still having a rough time. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the writers were like, oh, we need to like show someone like showing progress and like enjoying their life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Diane starting to kind of like, like you said, go on, you know, seek treatment. She was in therapy as well. Right. I think At least so. part of yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, then Bojack's still a therapist. I forgot about that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. In that episode where they all had like fake, like Mr. Hazelnut, chocolate hazelnut spread and all the. All oh, the yeah. Yeah. That's when Issa Rae was the therapist and she was talking about yeah, yeah. her clients, but she was using like pseudonyms for them mm-hmm. um, when she was talking to about them to her wife. Um, that was so funny. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He like stole Diane's therapist from her, essentially. Yeah. And then she went on antidepressants and she was able to kind of like get into a healthy relationship. And we'll probably talk about mm-hmm. her, Mr. Peanut Butter, um, in terms of the unhealthiness of that relationship. But they were able to get into a really healthy relationship um, with Guy. And she really started to kind of like be in a much different place at the end. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bojack, you could make the argument he's in a much different place, but probably not the place he wanted to be. Yeah. Denzel, do you have any thoughts thinking back to what we're talking about or thinking back to watching Bojack or your impressions? Uh, not many. I was just uh, noticing our choice of language. And so we, we've established it that Bojack, you know, isn't necessarily that great of a person, but uh, how would you define Bojack as a horse? Is he, is he any better <laughs> as a horse? Or is he not as good? Cause I mean, I guess at that point we have to decide if, if he's more horse than a man or if he's more man than a horse. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, um, Shay, you mentioned, uh, you know, the whole piece about, um, you know, Bojack and being the main character and like, you know, wanting to root for the main character and see them succeed and do well, X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, just for context, remember, I watched it through one time. So it was kind of one shot, right? And so I remember getting to the point where it's about where, like, you really start to see Bojack's, like, true, true colors come out for the fullest of what it is. And I remember we were texting, and I was like, hey, this is going on. Like, what's up with this? And you were like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. And I was like, nah, Bojack straight, Bojack straight, Bojack yeah. cool. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, well, you know, you, you kind of got to look at this. And I was like, nah, nah, Bojack, Bojack. <laughs> and then I... Uh, and it, had, it had got all the way down to like the writers, right? And I was like, no, the writers didn't do like they wouldn't do it like this. Like it would look like this and, and X, Y, and Z. Uh, but all that to say, like in, in watching it more and getting into it uh, more, going further past that point, um, 
just to further highlight that that piece that you said about how you know we sometimes like we do get so caught up in you know wanting to see the people that we love or the people that we uh you know admire whatever the case may be we want to see them do good and we want to see them do well and sometimes that blinds us to the the true issues or the true problems at hand and it goes back to enabling all of those unhealthy behaviors that would lead away from those help-seeking behaviors to begin with um so just openly publicly want to acknowledge that i was wrong in that moment uh, <laughs> so I, I will also agree that that Bo jack is, is not that great of a person or horse and you know what though i I still like up until the very end, I was rooting for Bojack, not in the sense of like for good things to happen to him or for him or for him to continue that growth. Like that moment where he talks to, I don't know why this moment sticks with me so much, but that moment that he kind of like, isn't a jerk to Mr. Peanut Butter, just kind of like reaching out and doing that like little fake crossover episode thing or whatever stupid thing mm-hmm. that Mr. Peanut Butter wanted to do like that to <laughs> me was so much growth for him. And like, that was really cool. And like the, um, him as an instructor uh, for the drama, I think he was able to kind of like channel some like really good stuff through there. It was really good to see him kind of like grow and find some meaning because I think that was missing for him. It's like that's the stuff I was rooting for him for. Yeah, and I can agree. Mm-hmm. I was there with you as well. But in that moment, that's not where I was. I wasn't rooting for him for growth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I agree with you, Eric. This uh, to to acknowledge the differences in how we support those people but yeah i was rooting for him i was just like please just like he's getting so close and i want him to keep working on it and like part of that just being in the sense of like knowing it's a tv show and knowing it's sending a message mm-hmm. and i think that's why they had to have diane do something similar where she had growth and she ends up in a better place right yeah. if you just have someone working their butt off to become a better person and have you know make some progress but still not be there and like you know, Bojack also started from a worse place. He was probably in the sense of like being able to be pro-social or yes. emotionally healthy. He was starting from way behind where Diane was. Yeah. Um, but Diane was able to get to a place. And I think that's cool that the show was able to kind of like show that, hey, you know, progress isn't a bad thing either. Yes. And I think I would agree that I also was I just wanted him to be better. Like that's kind yeah. of like what I was just like watching for and like desperately hoping that somehow like he would have a breakthrough so that he could be a decent, like you see flashes of like decentness, decency, I guess, mm-hmm. in Bojack throughout the series, especially when he finds out he has a sister or well, Hollyhock, not his, mm-hmm. well, he thinks it's his daughter, but it's actually his right. sister. And you see, like, him, like, really trying to be there for her. You see it in little flashes. But for the most part, he kind of always reverts to being selfish and really kind of thinking about himself. And you see that a lot with his relationship with Todd, too. Yeah. Um, So you want him to be better, but he's not a great person. I think he can be. But. He wants to be recognized for the things he does well, right? Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't get that reinforcement, it doesn't make him do it more. Like, right? Like, I'm even thinking about like the um, the seahorse thing, right? Like, he finds the seahorse, he yes. brings it back to his dad, and like, you know, a lot of this is left ambiguous because there's zero dialogue, right? Because it's all underwater. But he looks really kind of like empty at the end, right? Like, he does this mm-hmm. good deed. The dad's like, "Thanks, 
see you later. And he's like, kind of just sitting there like, this is something that's supposed to bring me more than what I'm getting. And I think one of the things you said, I think is really uh, profound. And I want to highlight it in the sense of like, he kind of like reverts back to that selfishness. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us as people, when we have like high levels of anxiety in our environment, when something bad happens, we have this place we revert to this like pattern behavior that we kind of like revert to. So this could be like, you know, when things are going well in a relationship, it's really easy for me to listen to my partner or um, it's really easy for me to not say things that are whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I'm threatened, when something's going on, you know, maybe I'll say something in an argument that I wish I didn't or that I wouldn't normally say, or I will shut down and not engage the conversation, whatever, you know, our default might be. But like when we are activated in that sense of like, there's some kind of threat to either our stability or there's anxiety that's causing us to kind of like feel, I already used the word anxiety, so I can't say anxious, but (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Feeling anxious, like we revert to that kind of like default setting Mm -hmm. and stuff that makes Mm -hmm. us feel more stable and safe. And for Bojack, that's being selfish because he doesn't really trust other people. So when he kind of like is in that space where he feels threatened, he needs to like, for him, it's like, oh, take care of myself. And it comes out in really awful ways sometimes. Yes. Yes. Like with Todd and his rock opera. Like yeah. He sabotaged the whole thing, but that's supposed to be his best friend. And it's just kind of like, why are you? And Diane like clocked him. I think it was Diane was like, if you really love Todd, like, why are you clipping his wings? And Bojack really didn't have an answer for it. And he continued to sabotage Todd's rock opera. So I think that's just kind of like what you said, his default setting. Like, I'm going to look out for myself. Because he legitimately was like helping Todd and was like trying to help Todd grow. And then when the threat happened of like losing my only friend, my only like good friend, he acted out of that anxiety he acted out of that threat and that yep. sabotaging his friend's rock opera mm-hmm. even after helping him with it yep yep so this is a good chance to we were talking a little bit about his relationships and friendships this is a good ch- chance to translation into his relation romantic relationships a little bit since that's usually what we talk about on this um show so let's talk about um I don't know if there's any place you want to start with him and princess carolyn or uh wanda was that her name the uh, the yeah. owl the owl. He also dates Anna Spanakopita for like a brief period and then Gina at the end. Uh, and there's some stuff with Charlotte and Penny also. So there's so much to kind of like jump into. Yeah. I don't know if there's a place you want to start, um, but I'll give you kind of the um, the reign to kind of wherever you want to go in that, in that realm. I think maybe starting with Princess Carolyn, since that's kind of like when you start the show, that's who he's currently, well, they start broken up but that's kind of like who you know he's with at first that was just a relationship of just like weird codependency like enabling behaviors from both of them and they both kind of talk that out I don't remember what season it is but later on down the line they kind of talk about it and it's just like they were just together just because like it was comfort it was comforting for them like she starts dating him when she is very I don't want to say very young but like she was a young agent I think or a secretary or something at the agency and they kind of start then 
And whenever he just needed comfort, he would call Princess Carolyn and she would come until she stopped doing it. And I just found it kind of not annoying, but it was just like, why are y'all doing this? (laughs) Like, you don't really like each other. It's really easy. I think it's really easy to see where Bojack's coming from. Yeah. Because Princess Carolyn kind of puts it best, and I will I'll clean this up for the podcast, but you want a mommy that you can have sexual yes. relationships with. Yes. And that's really what it is. She takes care of him. She believes in him, right? Like, mm-hmm. she, her job as an Asian is to believe in him, so she thinks he's really great. She legitimately thinks he's great, and he yes. really is going to respond to that because he doesn't think he's so great. So, like, I see it coming from him. I don't know if you have any ideas, and I kind of have batted a few round ideas like a ball of yarn. But where do you think Princess <laughs> Carolyn's like motivation is for dating Bojack? Where does that come from? I don't really hate when people say this, but I think she actually really did love him. Like I think she was like in love with him. And so she decided she would take care of him and stay, even though he wasn't nice to her. Like he treated her pretty horribly for the most part. There were some times where he was nice. And he, you know, would acknowledge what she's done for him and things like that. But for the most part, he wasn't nice to her. But I think she loved him and saw his potential and thinks he's great. And so that's what made her stay with him. Plus, like, she was older at that point and she really wanted children, which they kind of go into that um, later on, like in a later season. But I think that was some of it, too, where... She was at a certain age and she felt like, okay, well, he's here. Let's try to make this work so that I don't have to try and find somebody else. Um, so I think it was that. She loved him and just where she was in her life, she felt like it wasn't, it was like, okay, he's here. Let's just try to make it work. Yeah. And I think there's something about her just in the fact that I don't know if she treated the relationship like her job, but there was something about like, almost like, you know, this is also a cliche that I hate using. So you used one, so I'm going to use one too. Um, uh, I feel like there was some like desire to kind of like fix him in a way. And I don't, again, that's something I don't like to usually say, but I think that in this case, like it makes a lot of sense in the sense of like, because what she likes doing as an Asian is taking people and kind of like building Mm -hmm. them up. Right. I think there was something component of that to his, to her relationships as well. And, you know, also, you know, thinking about her upbringing, her mom wasn't particularly supportive and she grew up pretty poor, it seems like. And I think that might've played a role in terms of like, I don't know, uh, but just in terms of like, just whatever her upbringing is, I think that plays a role. I can't think of a one-to-one explanation, but I think Mm -hmm. that plays a role as well. But speaking about progress over the course of the show, she really shows a lot of progress. You know, I don't think she, you know, um, changes a lot in terms of her like mental health necessarily, mm-hmm. but she changes a lot in terms of how she relates with others. Yeah. Um, and she, again, she gets better. She relapses a little bit where she, you know, has some times where she's not doing well in that sense. Cause at first it really does feel like she's dating Vincent to like get back at Bojack and mm-hmm. Vincent's three boys in a trench coat. So um, <laughs> not great life choices that Princess Carolyn's no. making. <laughs> That's one of my favorite characters. I don't know if we want to just like pause for a second and mention Vincent Adultman. <laughs> <laughs> He's so that is 
so funny to me. I laugh because especially um, when he she sees Vincent out in public, and like obviously he's a little boy, so he's she sees him out with his mom, I think. And she's like, oh, my God, Vincent has a son. And it's like, girl, that is Vincent. <laughs> like, that is him. He is a little boy. Um, so that running joke is just so funny to me. And it's also indicative of getting back to serious for a moment. So, like, everyone thinks that Vincent is a great guy, right? Mr. Peanut Butter, yeah. Todd, they all think he's an adult and that he's great. Todd's like, I think you'd really like him if you, if you talk to him, Bojack. Mm-hmm. And Bojack is not the kind of person who can just let things go. And I think that's also an issue that he has, <laughs> like, would not let it go. <laughs> and if he let it go, like, it might have gone better. Yes, he's always like, that is very clearly three boys in a trench coat. And, like, <laughs> nobody, everybody just thought he was a hater. But, like, no, that really was three boys in a trench coat. That's true. And even though Bojack is correct, right? Like, Bojack's the one who's in yes. the right in this conversation. But he's hurting his relationships by just refusing to even, like, acknowledge the possibility that, like, Princess Carolyn likes this person or, like, just even just kind of, like, mm-hmm. being there for his friend. He just, like, not su- in supporting in some way. Even if you don't agree, you can still support your friend. But yes. he had no interest in doing that. <laughs> no. Ah, uh, man, Vincent's a great character. I'm just thinking about, like, Princess Carolyn, and this is completely speculatory. Uh, so definitely feel free to jump in, shoot it down, critique. Uh, it's just something that, that came up as you all were talking about her, particularly in relationship to, to Bojack. Um, so, so thinking about her and her character and just how like goal oriented she is and how like focused she is on like getting that task done or like, uh, achieving that goal X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, so thinking about her within that space and then thinking about like a relationship with Bojack or maybe even some of the other characters that she's had a relationship with. Like part of it makes me think like, what if Bojack's more or less low hanging fruit there? So she has like some deep hitting like at least at the beginning it comes out a little bit later but she has like that deep hidden like repressed emotion of like bojack's not a great person um right but it's like that she can kind of ignore that a little bit with the hopes that like kind of like as eric was saying like we can we can fix some of these things and get to a a place where it's a little bit better but like it's here like I, i want a connection with someone else it's Mm-hmm. slow hanging fruit it's, it's right here i can easily touch it. i can easily grab it but right now i have to focus like more on my career and so like when we think about like her priorities and making those relationship choices and, and how it sits within i guess a relational aspect within her other life identities life responsibilities etc cetera, etc cetera, just thinking about how much she values herself at least within that moment to to even think or perceive that she has the time or the 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 worth to pursue something better than Bojack. Yeah, I think it's a really good point because, you know, we mm-hmm. think about her working in, like, if she works with all these famous, successful people as an agent, there's lots of potential dating because she's not afraid to date someone who's a client, clearly. There's lots of potential really great dating opportunities. <laughs> like Denzel said, She's looking for low-hanging fruit, and that fruit, and that could be like a self-esteem thing. Like, right, we on the outside can look at that relationship and be like, "Wow, Princess Carolyn, you deserve so much better than Bojack." Yeah. But maybe that's harder for her to see. And I think she gets to the point where she 
gets what she deserves, like in a nice way, like not in a, like, yeah. Yeah. Deserve. like she like <laughs> truly is like finding able to find a relationship with uh, Judah. I almost said Jonah, Judah, that was able to kind of like someone who treats her well and is kind of like fits for her yeah. compatibility wise yeah. and all that stuff. I think that's a valid point, too, because you see that in her other relationship. So there's Bojack, there's Vincent, who is clearly like a 10 year old. There's uh, Rutabaga, the rabbit. Rutabaga, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he treated her, he was married and like claiming he was getting a divorce and like all these things, treated her horribly. And then at the end said, you'll never do better than me. Like you have to like settle basically, mm-hmm. basically using her insecurities against her. Yep. Then she had the mouse whose family hated cats. Which that was interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. That was, that um, was she was like going to try to get past it, but that ended up not working out either. So I think there's some validity to what you just said, Denzel, where she, because of where she was and like her self esteem, she just kind of picked like these not so great partners until Judah. Yeah. We love the success story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were definitely a success story. Yeah, the process was not so fun though, but mm-hmm. she got there. You work, you grow, and you get there. She got there, which is another good example of someone who like grew it. Mr. Peanut Butter probably we would say he grew a little bit in terms of his development. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about him and Diane since we're talking about relationships, but I think they have a lot of interesting dynamics. I don't even know where to start with them to be honest. I feel like you have to. And Mr. Peanut Butter is like my favorite character of the show. He is hilarious. So interestingly, my brother cannot stand Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> I don't like him either. Positive all the time. My brother is just like, what? What is this? Like, no. And let me be clear, I could never be friends with him. But watching him, I think is hilarious. I think there's he just he gets some of the best like animal related jokes. Yes, he's so good. He's so oblivious to everything. <laughs> I personally love Mr. Peanut Butter. I think he he's like he's a dog. So like he he really wants to make his people happy. Literally anybody, and he's a a lab, a golden yeah, golden retriever. Lab, golden yeah, so like. He literally just wants to make everybody happy, but he does it in a way that's like what he thinks will make other people happy and not necessarily what they want. Um, And that shows up in his relationship with Diane a whole lot. A lot. Like when she had her birthday and he threw her that surprise party and she hated it. Um, Even though he was like, you said it was your dream to have like a ball or something like and she's like but I didn't want all of that like you had to know I wouldn't want a surprise party like this and he's just like yeah I was trying to make you happy he Um, tries too hard sometimes for sure yes yes I think it makes it hard sorry I'm cutting you off but um, I think it's gonna go with what you're saying um this makes it really hard for Diane to get mad at him right because mm-hmm. he's doing these things that are like really above and beyond and super romantic. And it's like, like when she, that, that party she made, he makes that like little Starbucks with Diane's face or whatever. Yeah. And like she kind of likes that, but it's like, it's, this is just too much. You're not, you're not in tune with my needs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm communicating to you what my needs are. 
Um, and not into it, but it makes it really hard for her to kind of like communicate with him or like put him in a different direction or to get mad at him because he's doing it for like the right reasons. So it's almost like, uh, not that he's doing this intentionally, but it's almost manipulative in the sense of like, I want to get mad at you, but I can't because you're doing good things and it's making it really hard for me mm-hmm. to connect with you. So again, I don't think Mr. Peanutbutter is doing that intentionally. He doesn't have that kind right. of forethought. He's just, he's too in the moment to think about things two steps ahead. Yeah. Um, but it certainly <laughs> kind of has that impact. But also Diane kind of like takes advantage of him just like wanting her to be happy yeah. in certain cases. Like when she comes home from Cordovia, I think was mm-hmm. the like country and was home for months and didn't tell him and like just was lying the whole time, pretending she was still there. He sees her at the restaurant and like <laughs> he calls her and like they talk and it's just kind of like, okay, that's kind of like the end of it almost. But And it almost is like played off like he knows what he's doing. But at the end, he's mm-hmm. like, there's this woman at the bar who looks just like you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, so I just think that's interesting. And then they tried to go to couples therapy. And that was just hilarious to me. That whole, like, them trying to talk using oh, like that. Yeah. That was so funny. And it's so true to how couples therapy looks sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and how they, and like, you know, with couples who are working through it, like, Sometimes you have to work through that awkwardness and then it becomes more like organic, but like there's some awkward you have to go through. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. Stop doing that. Because <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter took up the whole time and there was only like a few minutes left. And the therapist is like, So, Diane, do you have anything you want to say? And she's like, No, I'm really bad with words. And the therapist is like, But you're a writer. <laughs> and you're bad with words to describe how you feel. Um, so that was interesting. And I've had some sessions like that too. So <laughs> could totally yeah. relate. Um, but yeah, she kind of takes advantage of that in certain cases. And it's just like, it's just a very interesting relationship because it's kind of like, and she talks about it too. It's like, I should be happy with this. Like my husband loves me. He does all these things for me, but I'm not. And I don't know why. So yeah. I love them both. I wish they could have made it, but they weren't really right for each other. No, they weren't. I really do hope that Mr. Peanut Butter finds someone that works for him because he's gone through so many rough relationships. And yes. Was, like <laughs> Katrina and Jessica Beale and then Pickles. Mm-hmm. Um, he did learn a lot about himself, which is great. And he, you know, he kind of was able to let Pickles go uh, when she found someone a little bit more. I don't know if I would say that's a good going to be a good relationship for either her and Joey Pogo, yes. but still. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. He kind of matured a lot in terms relationally over the course of the show as he kind of like learned the things that he did wrong in that Halloween party episode being kind of like the, like you really see him kind of like track himself and learn about like, well, Diane, he didn't do it. Diane told him. Let's, mm-hmm. let's give him credit. Diane told him. It's like, you know, you, uh, kind of some of his issues and he was able to kind of like think through some of those things. But yeah. I do hope he fight. I don't even know what the partner for Mr. Peanut Butter would look like. I'm not going to lie. I don't know either. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you almost think pickles would be kind of like a good setup depending on just considering her personality she's also a dog she's very enthusiastic yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that> standard <laughs> they're they're the same animal <laughs> Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she's so young. She's like an Instagram influencer, and like, yeah. it just or a YouTuber. I think she was, and it's just kind of yeah. like this is you are old. You are too old to be with somebody like doing all this. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't gonna work out. One of my favorite episodes though is the surprise party they were gonna throw mm-hmm. for her. And they came home and they were arguing and literally everybody heard their business. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. We're trying to hide. Oh my God. That's yeah. my favorite too. Okay. <laughs> the first surprise party with Diane, but the one with pickles were like, <laughs> there's a part where um, he picks up the, uh, the frame with, or with Mr. Peter Barter's brother in it. And Mr. Peter Barter just like move his head to stay in the frame. So they can yeah. <laughs> and the baby's running around. And oh my God, was that was so, so funny. So good. My favorite part, actually, my favorite part of the episode is like they're all trashing people who are at the party and don't realize who are at the party. Yes, she's trashing her friends. He's trashing her parents, and then he says, "Don't even get me started on the guy I met at the gas station and the guy who just happened to be there from the gas station." <laughs> yeah, his heart just drops. <laughs> it was so good, such a good. Scene. Oh, so funny. Oh, yeah. Man. So, trying to think of other places that we should go. There's so many other things to talk about. I mean, we could talk about Todd. We can talk about Sarah Lynn. We could talk about more about Bojack. I mean, there's so much we haven't even scratched the surface mm-hmm. with Bojack. Um, do you have any other thoughts or any places you want to go next? Just because we have so many different places we could go. Oh, Todd. So I think Todd's kind of like story arc is very interesting. Just like he starts off. Just like being the guy on Bojack's couch that he just randomly took in because he thought he was like a troubled like youth or something like that. <laughs> and so he starts off being that person. But then they kind of take you, even though Todd just kind of has like any Todd focused episode, it's just full of like shenanigans and like hijinks, mm-hmm. as he called it. But I feel like he has a really good like story character art where we get to know more about his background and like his sexuality and they kind of take us through like him discovering that he's asexual and like how that works. And I just really, I really like that. I really love Todd. I think he's so great. I do too. Yeah. He's impossible to not like. <laughs> yeah. He's just so nice. Um, and he does so much for Bojack specifically um, that he's just really endearing. He is. So, yeah, I really like Todd's arc and just, like, talking about his sexuality and them showing us how there's, like, varying, like, there's a spectrum of asexuality and, like, them kind of exploring that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and it also kind of, like, you know, showed the, um, it kind of broke down a narrative about, like, if two asexual people find each other and, like, because him and Mm -hmm. Yolanda, was that her name? I don't even know what she was. The fish uh, or jellyfish? Axolotl. Is that what she is? Because they're, they're asexual. Oh, what do you know and stuff? I once wanted an axolotl, so I did axolotl research. Um, I didn't <laughs> get one, but <laughs> back when I had my fish tank. <laughs> okay. 
So it's so gonna... funny. It was funny the way they flipped it because her family didn't know she was oh asexual. My God, that was so they funny. were so sexual. And so I thought that was a cool way for them to kind of like do a different version. Cause usually what we see is like a gay or lesbian character like having to come out to their parents and for them to do it this way. I thought that was really cool. And I feel like because they were animals, well, yeah, the family were animals. It was like easier to have that conversation because it wasn't like human people. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. um, That was really funny. Like the gigantic like barrel of lube and like how it just went everywhere. That was (laughs) hilarious. Um, So yeah, I really liked that. And how they're expecting Todd to plug it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a mess. So oh my God, that is so too funny. Good. But then he does find a partner at the very end. Like, I don't, we don't know a lot about her. She's a rabbit, right? I don't even remember her name. I don't either. But she works at a Cinnabon. That's what I remember about her. But they <laughs> seem to be like, and he, and he starts to kind of like open up the possibility of talking to his mom again. Yeah. He doesn't do it in the best yeah. way in terms of like the the get faking getting kidnapped with Margot Martindale. Um, right. So <laughs> eventually he does like try to kind of like patch things up with his mom. We kind of learn a bit more about his background with his mom and mm-hmm. his stepdad and um, that kind of a thing. Yeah, that was really cool too. Yeah. It explained why he had the last name Chavez. Because mm-hmm. um, I was, was very great. confused about that the entire time. Yes. Yes, that was funny. I was like, Chavez, that doesn't seem I was like, maybe he's just like a white Latino. But that's kind of what I assumed the entire time. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> me too. Show it. But it turns Same out. Thing, speaking of our last episode, Rick and Marty, like Rick Sanchez, is he also Latino or is there a story there? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh not important. Was Todd in, intentionally uh, you know, maybe you know, I don't know. Was he intentionally cast? cast was he intentional like did they make him a human on purpose because like everyone's animals and he was kind of like the stray dog quote unquote that like came in on bojack's couch and like that was was the beginning but interesting like of course it grows from there but i wonder if if they were intentional about that i don't know it's not well maybe i honestly never thought about like (laughs) the choices in terms of whose animal and what animal i don't i think sometimes they probably are just like think it's funny but like it's really interesting to see like how much work they put into that or how much thought they put into that i'm mm-hmm. very curious right. about that now like who is um never mind i'm not gonna remember but there's one character oh um vanessa gecko i love that they set her up by naming her vanessa gecko and you expect her to be a gecko yeah the time and then it's a person <laughs> yes oh my classic gosh. Yeah. um can so much to get through quick question Go for it. With Todd, were you referring to Emily? No, Emily is the uh, uh, um, girl who was really into him. Mm-hmm. Like he, 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 it seemed like he was kind of oblivious to it, but it was just that he just wasn't interested. That's in, right. In, That's where she and came then, in. And then mm-hmm. Bojack uh, hooks up with, with Emily. Her. Right. And then that whole thing. And that goes That's well. right. Of course. <laughs> He's Bojack. Yeah, I think it makes sense to maybe tie, bring it back to Bojack for um, for the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things. Oh, go ahead, Denzel. I'm just gonna say, and even at the end, like once we get to the end, if you want to uh, make mention of bringing 
bringing Shaylin back for a part two, then maybe we like we do that. Because of course we're not going to get through everything today. So no, and I don't think it's I don't think we have to get through everything either. I think just getting, yeah. getting through the important stuff. But I think it is good to wrap up with Bojack. We definitely talked about all the big characters mm-hmm. that are important. We hit Diane. We hit Mr. Peanut Butter. We hit um, Todd. Yeah. versus carolyn those are the ones i think that we probably care about the most yeah and not um, that we necessarily I, have like the hugest fan base but you know you're gonna get those people well what about what about such and such they had that that one tuesday the, the 13th of april you remember that? <laughs> like yeah we remember but we we just didn't get there yeah so. we just didn't get there and like i'm gonna bring up one of the characters that we didn't get a chance to talk about a lot but you know, one of the storylines in the last season is kind of all the stuff coming to a head with Bojack in terms of his treatment of women, whether it be um, Penny and Charlotte, whether it be Sarah Lynn, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be um, people I'm forgetting mm-hmm. off the top of my head, even just like Princess Carolyn, Gina. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I um, forgot about that Penny and Charlotte thing. Oof. Yeah. We didn't mention rough. that. We haven't talked about Sarah Lynn either. So I don't know. Um, I'm not even sure where to start with this conversation either. I feel like I've been saying that a lot this episode. So, um, as a host, I can really just easily just push it on to you, Shaylin, make you have to say things. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay. Um, so Bojack and Charlotte and Penny. So uh, I cringe every time I rewatch. Yeah. Like, it's just so cringy. And they leave it just ambiguous enough, but not ambiguous at all. Like, the way they did it was really good because it forces you, it forces you to really, like I was saying earlier, like, are you going to keep rooting for this person? Like, it was almost like they were, te- like, the writers were, like, talking to us, like, through the show, like, are you really going to justify this? Like they kind of, he does like little small things, but then like that is such a huge, like just boundary, like barrier cross that he did. That is just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like yes. you have got, this is not cool. And I think one of the things I like about the way they did it is legally speaking, you could make the argument, other than buying alcohol for the kids at the prom, which is mm-hmm. definitely illegal. Yes. What he, if he had, had gone through with whatever they were going to do with Penny, she said, I'm age of consent. I haven't been drinking. Mm-hmm. Legally speaking, you could rationalize it and say he's not doing anything wrong. It's not a big deal. But that's neglecting all the contextual yeah. factors around it. And I think that that's a really good representation of talking about things like sexual assault in the real yeah. world. Whereas like people can rationalize their behaviors like, Oh, I'm probably not doing anything illegal right now, but if mm-hmm. you're doing something selfish, that's not taking the other person like feelings and ideas into account uh, and where they're at in the context, that's still wrong. It's still a bad yeah. thing. It's pretty objectively a bad thing. What Bojack's about <laughs> to do. Like there's no like, you know, good that would come from that. Legally speaking, I feel like we say this at least at least once every episode in what you're getting into is, you know, talking about power and privilege within that space. And yeah, 100 percent. No need to go deeper into that, but just acknowledging that for what it is. Yeah. And it's it's they also 
they made sure that Bojack is also like, Kenny, like, you need to go to your room. Like, mm-hmm. leave me alone, essentially. But she goes inside anyway. And so it's just kind of like, I like the way they did it. And he had just tried to, like, be with Charlotte earlier that day or, like, something like that. It was very... Like, 12 seconds. Yes. And he was feeling, like, dejected about that. And so that's when Penny shows up. And he's just like, okay, leave. She doesn't. And then Charlotte comes back and finds them. Not doing anything. But, like, it also is just kind of like... But what if she hadn't come, though? And he talks about that himself in the next season. Mm. Yeah, where he's like, I could say I wouldn't have, but, like, I don't know. And and you're just like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is is terrible. And it just kind of goes back to, like, that selfishness and, like, reverting. Like, he knows this isn't right, but, like, he's feeling... So down that he's not really caring in the moment. And it comes back right in the uh, later. He turns her down first and then goes to Charlotte, right? And then gets rejected by Charlotte and comes back and Penny's like there. Is that what happens or does it all happen at once with Penny? I think I think it was all at once with Penny. Okay, never mind. I remember it correctly then. I think. Yeah. But same idea, right? Getting turned down mm-hmm. in that space. Um, where he's just kind of defaulting to that selfishness and making yeah and like all the while he's like neglecting his responsibilities in Hollywood because he's supposed to be filming Secretariat so like (laughs) there's just so much going on in that like time where he's in I think it was New Mexico Arizona one of those yeah yeah I think it's a really good like that if people don't take away much from this episode, take away the thing that Shayla was talking about earlier and, and just kind of like taking it to a larger uh, space in terms of like, you know, that kind of like defaulting to for Bojack selfishness. But like when we know what those things are for our own lives, you know, if we can manage that stress in the moment, we can avoid kind of getting into those pattern behaviors. Or if we know what those pattern behaviors are for us, we can kind of like try to work around them. Uh, but though that's a really helpful kind of like way of kind of like managing us better, especially in relationships, but even just in everyday life, because again, we mm-hmm. kind of default to things that can be harmful because we're feeling insecure, or unstable, or whatever the case is. Um it might feel more stable or more secure in the moment, but like long term it's not gonna build the relationship forward. Exactly. And you know that this is what you're doing. Like once you realize what it is, like, yeah, you know, exactly. in the moment, like I'm doing this because I'm upset. And so then it becomes, okay, like, do you stop yourself or do you just kind of let yourself continue down that path of like, whatever, like for Bojack is selfishness. So I feel like Bojack knew that as well. I think he knew but he just didn't care. And so like, that's the conversation you have with yourself. Like, I know that when I'm upset, I start being mean. So like, am I just going to be mean or am I going to try and do something else? Yeah. I think he really wanted people to like give him a standing ovation every time he did something 
light. Yes. I think that partly is because he was in you know show business, and I think that mm-hmm. plays a big role in it too. But I think that you know the what he has the first interview at the end with uh, the rabbit and um, or mouse. I don't remember now. Uh, and people were like hailing him as like a feminist and all this stuff, and he was like the positive attention he was getting was making him so kind of like swelled up and princess carolyn was really like uneasy with it because mm-hmm. of how much he was enjoying that and he again it kind of like it was faulting to that selfishness even at a time where he wasn't anxious right like it was just kind of like what he had always wanted was to feel that kind of like approval for being a good person mm-hmm. and he got what he wanted but again it was fleeting yeah and you know yeah. it wasn't very genuine either mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way that you are, that you both are talking about, you know, that kind of defaulting place and just thinking about like, it's almost like regression towards the mean, right? When we think about like, yeah. like that, yeah. being like our, our, our default place, our baseline, we typically think about that being like one side or the other. So we typically think about, you know, just as Shaylin was saying, when things start going really bad for Bojack and Bojack gets uh, mean towards other people. And that's like his selfishness coming out and him trying to get back to a place of where he's comfortable by doing those things. That comes from the same place as what Eric's talking about, right? Whenever things are going well for him in his life and he needs that validation from other people, if that validation is not coming. How does he get that validation? He starts to be mean towards other people. That's like his re- from both sides, like that regression towards the mean. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that we're talking about that from different sides of the same coin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I also like that you explained it for math nerds too. So if people yeah. aren't understanding what we're saying, it's like, how can they put it in a metaphor that's mathematical? On <laughs> that is exactly what people want. I'm glad our statistician audience will be able to understand this now. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> so but it's true though. That's, it is for sure. That's a good way to describe it. So let's kind of wrap up thinking about the future of these characters. You know, we have the ending where Bojack's, you know, serving his time in prison. Diane's with Guy. They seem to be doing pretty well. At first, you were worried that they broke up for a second. They gave you like a Mm -hmm. fake, like that happened, but that's not what happened. Mr. Peanut Butter has grown a little bit, but is still Mr. Peanut Butter. (laughs) Princess Carolyn's getting married. That's the end of the uh, end of the series. So where do you kind of see the future for these characters um, going forward? And that could be hopeful or it could just be where you think it's going. I think everybody turns out okay in the end. Everybody's fine. I think Bojack will also be fine, but he just has to like go through, like suffer his consequences. Yeah. So I think everybody ends up like, okay, in the end. Um, I don't see, I don't think like anybody ends up like in a bad place. Well, Bojack's in jail, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Emotional place. You know, yes. But mentally, like and emotionally, I think everybody ends up in a good place. I could very much see Bojack relapsing again, either in um, alcohol use or drug use or something. But I do want to point out that was that does happen. That's not indicative that he's like gone backwards necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you know we make lots of progress in our lives, and we might relapse, and whatever it is, whether it's you know alcohol or drugs or making a mistake or something that you know or, or whatever yeah. a pattern behavior is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that 
the progress we made is gone. It just means maybe this was an especially difficult time or especially stressful or whatever the case is. I think hopefully Bojack, based on his time in prison, what he's kind of learned based on what we heard from the end, has kind of like will kind of scale down some of his life a little bit. And I think that'll help yeah. things. But I could definitely see something hitting him different and him having trouble managing that in the moment. His ability to manage whatever new stressors come. I think he can handle it better than he did in the past. Mm-hmm. I think he can handle it without necessarily diverting to the level of selfishness he did before. But that doesn't mean that it won't happen again or that he will not um, go back to using drugs or go back to being selfish or mm-hmm. women or some of the things he's done in the past. I think that's not over for him, but I think he's moving in the right direction. I think so too. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> And I just want him and Mr. Peanut Butter to be friends. Mr. Peanut Butter is the one person <laughs> through thick, thin, all that yeah. Bojack's gone through. Um, even when he was making the horny unicorn stupid movie because no, everyone else had abandoned him. Mr. Peanut Butter never did. Mr. Peanut Butter always the person who's going to be excited to see him. He's going to care about him mm-hmm. in his own way. And Bojack was so dismissive of that for so long. I would just love to see him to see like, yes. even like, I would love Mr. Bur- Bojack Horseman to thank Mr. Peanut Butter at some point. That would be that would be huge. Obviously, we never got to see it happen. No, but, that would be <laughs> but it would be nice. Yes. Denzel, any thoughts? The future of any of the characters? No, I don't have any. I don't remember where they all left off. So, <laughs> <laughs> any hopes or dreams for them? I'm I'm comfortable with what you all said and trust your expert <laughs> opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the cop out. Your informed, informed expert opinion. I told you it was going to come at some point, so here we go. Here it is. Here I it had is. to put it in there somewhere. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so um, wrapping up, who was your favorite, like either bit character they did or silly kind of like animal joke they did in the background? What's one thing that like sticks out to you as something that you'll you won't forget about that show? I don't know if I can say my like absolute favorite, but I just really, I just really love the Hollywood joke. Like, I don't know why, (laughs) but I just, (laughs) I just love that. Like, I don't know if it's like this now, but um, when it was first releasing, so the second season came out or maybe it was like a little bit down in the first season, but Netflix, like themselves, when you go to find Bojack in the descriptions, like they would have the D gone from Hollywood or like if they had the sign up, the D would be gone. And I just love that it was just like this, like constant running joke. I just love that. It became the reality. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That's my favorite. When I was rewatching recently, Something that happened. I think they were in a diner or something. You know the cow that's like the waitress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody asked for milk, and she just took the cup and like squirted it out of her like <laughs> udders, and that was funny. <laughs> so it was just like stuff like that that I just really love. I love all those. <laughs> I love all those little animal jokes, and I can't think of a good one off the top of my head. But my favorite is maybe not my favorite, but I think my favorite might've been like the fool me once, all those ridiculous things they did. Mm-hmm. And they also did stuff from, like some of the names, like meow meow fuzzy face was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> he was so funny. Uh, uh, Cuddly whiskers, also a great name, but meow meow fuzzy face is just hilarious. And when they had, um, 
the chicken, and she kept saying, she just, she just kept walking, yes. and they kept like making it into what she was saying. Like her name was Becca, and she was a she booked mm-hmm. back, and, he, and she said Bick, and he's like, oh no, this is a big pen. How did you know? Just like all that stupid stuff, so which is so funny. I also feel like they low-key, like, was, like, touching on slavery with that episode. Like, just a little bit. Just a tad. When I was re-watching it the other day, I was like, wait a second. Because, like, the, what was it called? Something Farms? I can't remember. The, like, good chicken farm. Like, in the commercial, it was just like, these chickens aren't like us. They're like genetically modified for like consumption and like blah, blah, blah. Um, But he was a chicken himself. So I thought that was interesting, but I also really loved, I love that too. The jokes are so good. And the puns in the background are also just like perfect. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I also really like the Jessica Biel related stuff. Um, Partly because, and no one else says this, but I think my wife looks kind of like Jessica Biel. So, like, I'm always just like, I think anything related to her is funny. Um, <laughs> so she, she's Jessica Biel. Like, all the stuff she could, like, she was always like making fun of herself. She had a really good sense of humor yes, about herself. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And she, like, the fact that she was afraid of mummies because she didn't get the part in the mummy. And, the, all the jokes about her and Justin Timberlake. Well, if you love yes, them, I was know, just maybe say, the stuff with them. So like, funny. oh my god! But yeah, I loved all the Jessica Biel comments and and when they're stuck in the um, stuck in the pit with everyone. That was really great. Too, mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Such a good show. How about Denzel? Do you have anything? Or are you going to opt out of this one too? No, I don't. <laughs> but I will say that uh, one of the characters that I liked for all the wrong reasons was uh, the penguin that. I don't know what his oh, job was. Yeah. I lo- he was always always so stressed out. But it was I don't know what penguins like character traits are, personalities. I hope it's not that because that's a terrible yeah. way to lead. But uh, <laughs> but he was just he was always comical about it. And he was just always one step over what like you would expect to be stressed out to the point where it's just it was just funny. Yeah. I don't know. He was just so so melodramatic about everything. Thanks to all of you for listening, and a special thank you to our editor, Sandra Lynn Paul. If you have your own podcast or would like to start a podcast and you need help with the editing, producing, or marketing of your podcast, you can find Sandra at sandralynco.com. That's S-A-N-D-R-A-L-Y-N-N-C-O.com. If you'd like to become a part of Relevation Nation and get daily updates that can help elevate your relationship, you can follow Relevate on Twitter at MyRelevate, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MyRelevate. See you next time.